listening to the Sport Fellow Podcast. Good, smart, sports. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Fellow Podcast. It's me, Sam Weinmiller, here with Parker Dye. Say hey, Parker. Hey, Sammy. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing all right, brother. Getting towards the end of the semester, just cruising. Yeah, it's about time to cruise here. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, things have been good. I just got back from doing a conference in Vancouver. It was awesome. We almost went to see a Canucks game, but then kind of backed out at the last second when tickets got pricey. But um, but it's yeah, not that was even... probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a hockey season in my mind yet, you know, or basketball season. I'm still dealing with NFL business, so. Uh, you haven't pulled out your sweaters yet? <laughs> well, no, I have my sweaters out, not my hockey sweater, I guess. Uh, yeah, man. All right, well, uh, let's get into it here. We got a few different segments. Um, we're going to focus on um, NFL surprises at this point in the season. Well, let's see, we're about nine games in so a little over half uh halfway through the season just things that we're surprised by basically so far things that we thought might change we did surprises and disguises earlier in the year but these things have just maintained or or been surprising since then and so we want to touch on those points uh, then we'll talk about the college football playoff picture uh, who is probably going to go and who we'd like to see go, those comparisons. And then finally, um, college football pick which is always fun, and we got a good slate for that this week. So without further ado, Parker, let's get into these NFL surprises. What do you think? Let's do it! Sweet. So um, basically what I did was I looked at the NFL overall standings, and I looked at strength of schedule, I looked at some stats um, that maybe can explain some of these things, and I also looked at NFL leaders, um, player leaders, I guess, and stats, uh, and so mm-hmm. some of the surprising things we found. Um, let's start off, though, I thought one interesting narrative this year has been the AFC South, Parker. Um, the Houston Texans are leading the South, who we called... Um, I think we called them a surprise that was going to last, except we thought that they were going to continue losing. And I think they've gone on a really hot Six win streak. Six-game win streak? Yeah, something like that. Um, and they're now, or they've won like five of their last six games or something. They are now 6-3, and three, uh, two games ahead of the, of the uh, Titans, who are in second, I think, in that division. So... Um, what do you think about the Texans, Parker? I know you weren't super high on them, but we both like Deshaun Watson. Will Fuller just got hurt. They're just kind of, um, I don't know, just surprising to me. I agree with you, Sammy. That has been a very interesting team uh, all season, right? Particularly with J.J. Watt coming off the big injury last year. Um, Merciless also. Um, but clearly the trade for DTOM suggested that the Texans think they're in win now mode and with at a record of what are they six and three now? Yep. They're, they're cruising, man. They're going to win that division. No question. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, take that just absolutely a horrendous offensive line into the playoffs. What do you think about that DTOM trade for both sides? 
Mm, very good trade for the Texans. I think that gives them legit three receivers if Will Fuller was still healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and they only got a fifth-round pick for him, if I'm right, Sammy? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so kind of an interesting trade uh, for Denver's point of view. You offload a bunch of money. Um but you lose, like, one of your locker room staples. So, right, you know, that, that's tough. And he has led the league in drops, I think, a few years. Um, he's always been kind of like a physical specimen, but not really a, like, pure receiver. But sure. I think he was the kind of receiver that the Texans didn't really have, you know. And yeah, 6'3", 230. They yeah. don't even have a tight end that I could name, and, and mm-hmm. he sort of fulfills that middle of the – field role really well for them right so i think it was good for probably both sides you know specifically for denver to get off the money and they must like Cortland sutton i guess there um which is interesting because he's another really raw guy that's got a similar kind of skill set so um so on the other side of the uh of the afc south are the lowly jaguars who are Mm. Three and six, and Parker, what surprised? Oh, and I should note, sorry, um, that one note I had on the Texans is part of why they're six and three is according to uh, the twenty seventeen their their opponents combined records in twenty seventeen they had the easiest schedule in the league coming in this year. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is somewhat surprising, but also you know maybe explains the six and three start. Um, whereas the, the Jags also had a very easy schedule, 25th toughest schedule. So pretty, pretty easy as far as the league goes. Um, but they're three and six. Um, now part of that seems to me like it hinges on Leonard Fournette and also Blake Bortles has regressed this year as well. Losing Allen Robinson. They didn't have him last year when they were excellent, but I don't think they've really found a good replacement and, um, yeah, they've been really disappointing, I think, for most people. So, um, I don't know. What what's, what are your thoughts about the Jags, Parker? I agree with you, man. Uh, I'm terribly disappointed with that organization at large. Mm-hmm. You go out and you add to your defensive line in the draft uh, by getting Taven Bryan. You add to your offensive line by snatching up Andrew Norwell. And you miss on the Teddy Bridgewater uh trade for the Jets which you know I you saw that Blake Bortles was going to be bad this year right like at the beginning of the year he was just not good and he's never been consistently good Mm -hmm. but now it's very evident that without uh, Leo Fournette and maybe a few other guys but they did just trade for Carlos Hyde um, but they don't have any juice on the offense you know so that defense is so good but Bortles clearly is holding them back in in such a way that i didn't think he could <laughs> yeah i thought they would i thought they would succeed despite him being below average yeah that's fair for sure i mean that statistically their defense has still been really good this year um so good but i know they're not getting helped by the offense which i mean was part of why they were so good last year they were able to control the ball and blake bortles um was Probably his best self that year, last year, um, just not turning the ball over nearly as much. And, um, 
you know, executing within the offense. I feel like the Jags are are a team, though, that cannot really go down in games um, mm-hmm. because you don't want Blake Bortles to have to throw the ball a lot. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know what's so weird, though, Parker? You remember it was like two or three years ago. I think maybe it was Blake Bortles' rookie year or second year when the Jags were really bad and were just getting blown out early in games. And then Blake Bortles would have like these monster second halves when nothing mattered anymore. It was just garbage time. But I remember he was like a top three quarterback in fantasy that year. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that? That was And people thought Absolutely. like, oh man, he's going to be awesome if they can just figure it out around him. And then turns out it's the other way around. <laughs> so I, yeah. if I were the Jags, I'd be drafting a quarterback this year for sure. Oh my gosh. And, and but that's, that's the even worst part, right? Like we'll get to this in, in a couple of months, but there, there are very few quarterbacks that I want in this draft. Really? So the Jaguars, yeah. The Jaguars might be in some big trouble for another year. You know, I would, I would say to me, there seem like probably, I think there are uh, a few elite guys, but, um, you know, for a long time I thought, and I've been saying on the podcast, I thought this quarterback class coming up would be better maybe than this past year. But I think that it's sort of going to pan out to be um, better in some ways and worse in some ways, too. So, um, yeah, we'll get to that later. I still really like Will Greer and Justin Herbert. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about the other guys, too. But moving on from the AFC South, which is interesting, um, but... Uh, but kind of seems like it's settled itself out here. I want to move to a team that we have been talking about a ton this past week because the Cowboys were on prime time uh, and <laughs> lost a really tough home bout against the Tennessee Titans to, I would say, more or less probably dash their hopes for the playoffs completely. Uh, although that division somehow is still very up for grabs. Um Amari Cooper, I thought, looked pretty good for his first game in a new system. Um, but here, here are some stats I want to throw at you, Parker, okay? The Cowboys uh-huh. are 3-5 and five right now. They have the 15th toughest schedule, so completely league average, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they are 27th in the league in yards per game on offense. Yikes. They are, they're 26th in the league in yards per play. They're 28th in the league in third down completion. Oh, man. And here's the big one to me. They're only 22nd in time of possession. Um, what? Yeah, and that's that's sort of the MO of their offense, right, to, to hold the ball, what they want to do. And here's where it's really crazy. The defense is second in the league in points allowed right now. They're fourth in the league in yards allowed. And they have played the second least downs of any defense in the NFL. So That's insane. Yeah, their defense has actually been awesome. But and and they've only played um, they've played almost f- fewer snaps than any other defense in the league, and yet somehow the offense is only twenty second in time of possession. Um which I I'm not exactly sure how that <laughs> happens, but it, it, I don't know, I think it speaks to the fact that um, they're actually 
maybe quietly wasting one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. Dude, uh, no joke. Which is crazy because you like they don't get that credit. The the offense has been really bad. Obviously, those numbers show that. So I don't know what what are your thoughts in general about the Cowboys, about their coaching situation, about Dak, uh, and what what they need to do. Um, the rest of this year and, and uh, you know, for the long-term future of their organization. Well, two years ago, Dak was, was very nearly the MVP of the league, right? Yeah. His rookie year. So, I and I don't think that was all system-oriented. I think Dak has some real skill, man. He's got some wheels. Uh, he is not throwing the ball. Uh, and Jesse, our, our wonderful beloved cowboy friend uh sends us all of these great little screenshots and tweets uh from cowboys uh land most of the time yeah cowboys twitter a lot of the time dak is missing these seemingly wide open throws but i think a lot of that has to do with his lack of confidence in scott linehan and the play calling in general and I'm not really sure you can fix that in season. Mm-hmm. So I worry that at least Linehan, potentially Garrett, is on the chopping block for the Cowboys. And I think that would make Jesse very happy, considering some of the names that could be available next offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't bode well for the Cowboys the rest of the year. They also are on primetime this coming week, right, when they play the Eagles. Are they? <laughs> yeah, so okay. it's it, it's going to be a rough ride for the rest of the season for the Cowboys, I think. So if you're so, so yes, I agree. First of all, with pretty much everything you said, I think that to me it's not all Dak and it's not all Linehan, but the the marriage between those two is a problem. Um, yeah, clearly think, not effective. You need to pick one or the other, and I'm not sure you need to scrap both. But um, but hmm. I think you probably should scrap one or the other. So my question to you is, who would you rather keep? I think you keep the player rather than the coach. And that seems probably a little short-sighted. But you have the pieces around Dak, and Dak is seemingly such a team guy. I, I think you, you don't want to upset the apple cart too much. And you can learn a new system rather than bring in a new quarterback, considering how many teams in this league still don't have a quarterback yeah yeah i'm kind of with you and i think you know just thinking out loud here if it were me i would want to i feel like this isn't so different from what happened with cam newton Um, Mm. good point and you got to build an offense around a guy like that you know build it to his strengths and not try and fit a square peg in a round hole. Even if, you know, Linehan is scheming guys open and, and he's a good offensive coordinator, um, which I think most people would, would disagree with that he's not good, but that he does, he is able to scheme guys open sometimes. And so, um, I don't, even if that's possible, if it's not good for your quarterback for whatever reason, then, mm. but your quarterback has proven that he can be good, then I would, I would stick with the player as well. Um, yeah, but I would also, I think, you know, Jesse has a good take on it that like you do fire Linehan this year, maybe Garrett as well, but you should also probably be drafting a quarterback this year or next year. Um, well, 
Yeah, you and I are always of yeah, the mindset draft, draft a quarterback, quarterback every year. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense not to. Yeah, exactly. All so. right, so Cowboys, we we talked about them um, three and four. We should or three and five. Let's move on to the Packers, who are also, I think, a very confusing team. Maybe more confusing than the Cowboys record-wise. The Cowboys stats are what were most confusing to me, but the the Packers, three, four, and one. Um, but coming into the league, they were the opposite of the Texans. They had the toughest strength of schedule this year, according to the their opponents' combined records in 2017. Um, so that, I think, does speak to the fact that the Packers are probably a good team, but have been facing a gauntlet so far. Um, let me throw some other stats at you, though, Parker. They're actually league average in defensive production. I think they... Hmm. Um, they're about 15th and 16th in uh, points allowed and yards allowed. Um, and then their offense is 6th in yards per game. So they're top 10, nearly top 5 in, in yards per game produced, but they're only 14th in points per game, which I think is a pretty big gap there, um, which you know might be explaining some of their... Um, you know, some of their struggles. And they've lost sure. some heartbreakers, too, certainly. I mean, like, the, the tie with the tie, the Vikings early, that was that was tough. Losing to the uh, Washington professional football team was tough early. And then that Rams game, they really had a shot to win until Ty Montgomery went AWOL on them. So, um, yeah, all that being said, Parker, what's your take right now on the, on the Packers? Do they still have a shot at the playoffs, you think? Or... Um, I, I'm really concerned about the Packers. I, uh, you mentioned a lot of games that um, are absolutely that that Redskins game, that Rams game, um, and most recently the Patriots game where they could only put up an anemic 17 points. I'm, I'm really concerned about that offense. The defense has never been a strength, but when you're getting beaten in division by the Lions, who seemingly is a team – I know this was almost a month ago, but you got beat 31-23. to 23. Uh, Your other division game, you tied. I mean, you did manage to beat the Bears, but the Bear- I think the Bears look more impressive than the Packers right now. Yeah, the, the Packers Bears are offense, winning the games they need to win. You know, they're, they're, Exactly. Uh, I think and their defense is killing it. Yeah. They absolutely. are. Mm-hmm. But... And the Packers don't have a defense to rely on, right? All they have is Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. who, I mean, honest, honest to God, is probably enough. But yeah, but I guess but I don't know. They look out of show, You can't throw out a league average defense right now if you're the Packers, mm. which is tough because I think theoretically in the past that was what it took. Definitely. Now they do have a lot of injuries. Uh, Geronimo Allison specifically is is the last one that I can remember. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is still like weirdly hurt, right? Like he hasn't been right all season. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, man, I I think the Packers are in danger of uh, of missing the playoffs and and maybe coming in third or even fourth in their own division. Mm-hmm. My thought, my my, I guess my question to you then, Parker, is so um, they have a new general manager. He's from within the organization, but he already kind of showed that he wanted to be different in that he went and signed Jimmy Graham and Muhammad Wilkerson and brought in some star free agents. So my question is, 
Um, how long of a leash does, excuse me, Mike McCarthy have there? Mm, if uh, you know, we make the playoffs this year. We've been saying he's on a timeshare for a good while now. I suspect they'll give him another year, even if they miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I suspect that window is coming to a close uh, faster rather than slower, particularly if they miss the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I guess I wonder how much say Aaron Rodgers has in the offense right now. I would imagine that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, even if they brought a new coach in, that would change. I think Aaron Rodgers would still have a major say in how the offense was run. I guess my question is, if they were able to bring somebody new in, could he just add some new uh, creativity to that offense in the way that, like, Sean McVay has been able to? You know, could they get a guy like that to really capitalize on Aaron Rodgers and his sort of twilight waning years here? Yeah. You know, you got to... You got to look at those other teams and say, man, um, they did insert like uh, Andy Reid, obviously, uh, for Patty Mahomes, your boy Wonder, Sean McVay, Matt Nagy. But all those guys have young quarterbacks, right? Aaron Rodgers is going to be, what, 33 this year? Mm-hmm. His offensive line is pretty average. Those other teams have pretty decent offensive lines. So I'm not saying that it's not it's not impossible that Aaron Rodgers uh, learns a few new tricks and and maybe stops. Uh, he just – you don't want to take away his outside-of-the-pocket ability, right? Like right. He, when stuff breaks down, Rodgers is easily the best quarterback we've ever seen, like when everything's off schedule. So you don't want to take that away from him, but you also need to give him – like the Josh McDaniels, everything's on time, right? Like mm-hmm. – so, yeah, it's a tough question, but ugh, I, I am worried about them for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to think about, you know. I kind of feel like it would be fun to see Rodgers in an air raid offense from college. Oh, yeah, You know, like if he could put, like bring Jimbo Fisher there. And I don't like Jimbo. Mike Leach. But, or Mike bring Leach. Bring in Mike know, Leach. As, just as your OC. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. 700 yards passing every game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, now, moving away from teams, Parker, maybe just, like, other interesting things or, or stats that I've seen. Um, we just had one last night. The Panthers got blasted, allowed 52 points on the road. It was a Thursday night game, so, you you know, the road teams always struggle. Um my que- I, I, I guess my question to you, Parker, is like uh, I can't tell really what the Panthers are right now. Mm. Um, what do you think? Well, I think Norv Turner has created something with Cam Newton uh, there. He's really done a good job of, we were talking about, creating a, a, an offense based around your quarterback and, and what your team does well. And I think he's really encapsulated that with the read option stuff, the quarterback run stuff, the design uh, RPOs, like we were saying earlier. And I think the Panthers are a legitimate offense. Their defense, however, this year has not been near as good as we thought it would be. So I think that might be where 
that game kind of got away from them last night. They sort of started to press. Um, but overall, they're 6-3. and three. They looked really strong. Cornerbacks have played well this year, despite not having much there. And Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton are really what makes that offense click. So I, I think they're legit, and they're probably still a playoff team, and, and they might be what keep the Falcons out of the playoffs. Man, that's crazy considering how injured the Falcons have been. Although Deion Jones comes oh. back in a, cu- in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, baby. Awesome. Against the Cowboys. Man, dang. Um, speaking of McCaffrey, he was one of the guys that I thought was a little bit surprising. He's up to 113 yards from scrimmage per game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's impressive to me. I, I was surprised by that. Dude, every time we go back and remember that pick that he was picked in the first round, what was he picked? 13th overall? Yeah, high, high. Really high. We we all laughed at them and said, this is ridiculous. You don't pick a scat back this high. That's freaking crazy. But he's having major success running the ball. He's on pace to catch, I think, 100 balls this season. So they're really getting the most out of him. And poor C.J. Anderson doesn't see the field ever. Yeah. But <laughs> we're seeing good signs from CJ Samuels there too. I think. Oh yeah, they're finally getting uh, Samuels yeah. involved. Wait, it's not CJ Samuels. It's Chris Samuels. What am I? I? He's on my fantasy team, and now I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. Curtis, either. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. There yeah. you go. Yeah, he he's looking better, and I mean it's basically his rookie year. He was hurt all last year, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good sign. Good sign for him. Um, so some other interesting things quickly. Uh, Adam Thielen, I think, is uh, somebody you have to take note of right now because he's leading the league in receiving yards and receptions. He's almost yeah, to 1,000 yards already, Parker. And we're already only halfway through the season. That's Isn't that insane? He's like 980 or something. Absolutely unguardable. Runs crisp, perfect routes. And he, what, what, he was a walk-on to that team? Yeah, I think he was a walk-on in college. And then account. he was a practice squad guy in the pros, right? Insane. Totally insane. <laughs> He's a real story. They're going to make a movie about him one day. Dude, yeah. you have to. He's a total stud now. He and Stefan Diggs draft. I don't even, yeah, I don't think Adam Thielen was drafted. Like, we're talking the- about, like, Adam Thielen better, having a better season than Antonio Brown, than Julio and Jones, Julio, Odell, and, Hopkins. Yeah. Like, n- take your pick. Adam Thielen is better than them right now, which is Yeah, man, he's crushing it. Yeah. Um, I think he's got, what, seven or eight touchdowns, too? Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot. Um, staying on the point of receptions here, I, so I was looking at the top five leaderboard, and... Um, so number one is Adam Thielen. Number two is Julio. Number three is Hopkins. This is for how many catches they have this season. Right. Okay, so that makes sense. Number four is Odell, but I want you to try and guess. Just throw names out there. Who is tied with Odell? There are two guys tied with Odell for, uh, for fourth in the league in total receptions. Hmm. Who is tied with it? Oh, Beckham Jr. for receptions. Oh, it, it's got to be uh, DeAndre Hopkins, right? Hopkins is ahead. Okay. Michael Thomas? Good guess. Anyone else? Who's the second guy? Uh, 
Tariq has been killing it, right? Yeah, so those are good guesses. That neither of those guys have as many catches as the two guys I'm about to tell you. What? The two guys right. that are tied with Odell Beckham Jr. right now, trailing only Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins, are Zach Ertz and James White. <laughs> oh, man. I know, really? James White has 61 catches? You would never have guessed that. It's not your fault. But that's why I wanted to include it, because I was like, what in the world is going on? And I saw an interesting stat. It was like uh, on a... Somebody had created a database or a certain, like rankings of consistency for fantasy football, and James White actually ranks, I think, as a top five or, or at least top ten running back in consistency week to week right now. That's uh, absurd. It's really crazy. Another guy who's been really, really consistent this year is Robert Woods, um, who's kind of an underrated guy. Really? Just like an, having any piece of that Rams offense, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like having a piece of the Chiefs too. You just want anybody from those from those teams in fantasy, um, which is why I stashed Spencer Ware in Dynasty this week. <laughs> oh, uh, clever boy! Poor Tim. He's gonna be. He'll be very unhappy with me if <laughs> if uh, Kareem Hunt gets hurt. But um, but I had a little room, and I thought, you know what? Let's uh, let's keep that in the back pocket. So. Um, Let's see, one last interesting stat for you, Parker, and I just wonder, um, I, I guess my question to you is, did you think Miles Garrett was going to be this good this fast? Um, mm. he's, he's third in the league in sacks currently. He's only trailing Daniil Hunter, who's got 11 and a half, is leading the league. Which and, is crazy. Yeah. Um, and Aaron Donald, who's got 10. What? Um, yeah. Um well, Aaron Donald's benefiting from playing a little bit more defensive end, I think, and also the fact they have Dominic Sue now, who so they can't <laughs> they can't really double team uh, Donald. But um, Garrett has is third in the league with nine sacks right now. He's tied with Von Miller and J.J. Watt. So I mean, that's the who's who, right? Uh, Hunter, Donald, J.J. Watt, Von Miller, and Miles Garrett's right there with him. That's pretty incredible, considering uh, sack isn't really like a singular um, success indicator. Uh, but in Miles Garrett's like situation, it kind of is right. Like the Browns are decent on the defensive line. Like Okeechobee is good. Um, the crazy name guy that is I'm blanking on right now, mm-hmm. um, Manuel. Agba. But yes, thank you, Agba. Um, but those defensive lines, like Danelle Hunter's defensive line is way better than the Browns, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texans' defensive line is really good. So I guess to answer your question, no. I didn't expect uh, Garrett to be this good this fast. Um, but when he came out, he was a total freak, right? Like we were all like, oh, my gosh, it's Miles Garrett and whoever else. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. The, the guy was just a phenom, um, I think but it's that, really cool that it's translated so quickly. Yeah, it is. It's great for the Browns, and I remember the the word on the street was if the Browns don't take Miles Garrett, they should be relegated to <laughs> <laughs> to some other league that doesn't exist because he was he oh, was just that far and away the best prospect. So, and I don't think he's even come into his body completely yet. You know, he's probably still <laughs> slim and trim and get 
leaner. So, um, dude, he gives me body dysmorphia. Like it, <laughs> he literally makes me self-conscious about yeah. the way I look. Yeah. Daniil Hunter is the, the cream of the crop right now as far Golly. as complete freak shows. The, um, so, yeah. Uh, all right, man, that does it for my NFL surprises. That was fun. Uh, that was fun, Sammy. Thanks. So let's move on to college football playoff. Parker, let's talk about who will go, and then we'll talk all about right. who, who we'd love to see go instead. All right, Sammy Beans. I'm going <laughs> to name you eight teams, all right? Uh, and I want you to give me at least two locks for the college football playoffs, okay? Okay, yep. I'm just going to go down the college uh, top 25. Okay. Alabama. Don't Lock. give them to me yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, that's not <laughs> Darn it. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> Alabama. Okay. Clemson. Notre Dame. Michigan. Georgia. Oklahoma. LSU. Washington State. You can ask me questions like what's their remaining schedule and whatnot. Okay. And uh, and we can go through that to help you pick your locks. And I lied to you. You have to have three locks. Three locks. Okay. Uh, my question is, first of all, I want to know Notre Dame's remaining schedule. Okay. Um, so the Irish play Florida State tomorrow, okay. which they're terrible. Yep. <laughs> they play Syracuse in two weeks, who is ranked 13th currently. So a wow. bit of a trap game. Notre Dame, and then finishes the season with USC. And mm-hmm. obviously they do not have – a uh, a championship game because they are not in the conference. Yeah, interesting. So if they finish, they will finish twelve and zero if they win all three of those games. One being against a ranked opponent. Hmm. Can you tell me Michigan's remaining schedule? I can. Michigan this weekend plays Rutgers tomorrow, Indiana, and then Ohio State, and then. Uh, they will play a conference championship. And they are one loss, right? They are a one-loss Michigan team. And their only loss is to number three. Correct. They lost to Notre Dame pretty early in the season. First game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Which goes to show that's why you schedule your toughest games out, out of conference in your first game. Heck yeah, dude. Because it doesn't hurt as bad as late. No, clearly not. Um Okay, so I'm I'm gonna blow two of my locks right now. Um, okay. First one's Bama, obviously. Um, I think even if they were to lose in the SEC championship game, they might still get to go. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, they would have to lose to Auburn and Georgia at this point, which is possible, but very improbable. Um, Auburn is very bad. Yeah. <laughs> or any team in Georgia. Um, so, but they're locked. I think it's safety lock Clemson right now. Um, Do you want their remaining games? Why not? They play BC tomorrow, Boston College. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a night game in Boston College. Yeah, so, that's very trappy. Definitely a trappy I, game. I don't, know how that, I don't know how that strikes you. Yeah. But they play Duke. Uh the next week, and then South Carolina. Yep. Yeah. So like I mean, three, South Carolina three wins will play hard, definitely. Um, 
<laughs> poor Nathan. <laughs> What'd you say? I said poor Nathan. Poor Nathan. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, I think you can lock him up, probably. I, I All right, lock him up. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, and, and they'll have an ACC championship game as well. Oh, they I'm, will have that. I'm not so. sure who against. Um, I, it will be Syracuse. Really? And a, yeah, a they lead the, uh, the Coastal, I think. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't Atlanta? be too scared of that if I were uh, Clemson. I mean, it's it's really hard to uh, to you know. I would think for for Syracuse to give them as good of a game with a healthy Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So those are two locks, and then I guess I think the probably the safest lock is Notre Dame uh, because I think Michigan still has to play Ohio State and. Uh, whoever wins the West, although that's not super scary, probably Iowa. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but but Ohio State's tough. That's tougher than anybody that Notre Dame has to play. I yeah. think if Notre Dame were to lose one of those remaining games, they would they would absolutely not make it. Um, of the remaining teams, Parker, who do you think would be the most likely to sneak in if? Um, if either Michigan or Notre Dame were to fall out of the top four? Oh, if Michigan or Notre Dame fall out, I think um, I think it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to, to keep Oklahoma out, particularly if Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. And understanding that Oklahoma were were to win the yeah, Oklahoma would have to win out and then right. beat uh, I think Texas in the uh, the Big Twelve. Um. Question: What's Washington State's record right now? Eight and one. Washington State is the team I would most like to see go of the of those teams that were out. I don't think so. Here's yeah. Here's the issue with Washington State. They've literally played no one all year. Yep. Their their toughest game was probably Oregon or Washington. Their toughest game was probably Oregon or USC, but they did lose to USC. Okay. So that's their one loss. Yeah. But they play Washington at the end of the season, so. Yeah. And Washington's like top 25, is that right? Yeah, yeah, they're barely in there. So, but that Mike Leach has that team screaming, so. Yeah, I, I just think you. the I, most I think fun Washington team, State's good team. Like, sure. Mike, Le- Mike Leach will, 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 if they get the four seed against Bama, they would do something to mess Bama up. Like, that would be a better game, I think, than, than some other uh, some other matchups with Bama. I agree. All right. Well, now that we have your four that should, mm-hmm. or four that will, yep. who should go, Sammy? Give me, give me four teams that you think should go. Okay, the well, four most talented teams in the, in the country. Most talented, straight up. That, to me, is Alabama, obviously. I think Clemson is obviously one of the most talented. I would probably not put Michigan or Notre Dame in there. Um, I would rather have Oklahoma in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth team is tough. I I don't I would not put LSU in. Mm-hmm. Who are some of those other teams around there? Uh Georgia. Georgia. Obviously t- if Ohio State beats Michigan, yeah. um, then they would they would still only be a one last team. So Ohio State can, is loaded, definitely. Squeak up there. 
Ohio State would be interesting. I know people will be annoyed by that comment. I, no one wants to see Ohio State in the, in the Nobody likes Ohio State. No. Georgia's very talented. I don't think they're as talented as last year, though. Um, I mean, with missing Roquan, I think is huge. <laughs> um, although, who's that defensive, that corner they have right now? He's like best in the country. DeAndre Baker. Yeah, Baker. He's a stud. Yeah. Uh, he, he hasn't allowed a touchdown all season. It's crazy. Hmm. I think if you could, if I could pick, I would mm-hmm. want to see Oklahoma play Bama in the first game, and I would, I think a Georgia Clemson game would be really good. Mm, uh, I like all, it. All this rivalry in the South, I think that would be the the four that I would probably say are those are the four teams I least want to play. Um, I, I'm I'm almost right there with you. Yeah. What do you, do you have anything different? Um, no, that's about what I have. Uh, I, I have Ohio State slash Oklahoma. Um, I'm, so here's my biggest issue with Alabama and Clemson, right? Uh, Alabama's defense, really good. Clemson's defense, pretty, pretty close to really good. Georgia's defense, pretty good. The other, there is no, I mean, Michigan has a really good defense too. Um, but I, I think the way to beat Bama and Clemson is you're going to have to stop or at least slow their offense down enough, but you're going to have to score a lot of points yourself. And Georgia has the ability to do that. Uh, I also think that Ohio state has the ability to do that. And Oklahoma behind Kyler Murray has the ability to do that. Michigan, Notre Dame, they just don't have the juice to make those games interesting enough for me because Bama and Clemson have the ability to control your offense with their defenses, yeah. and they have no trump card, whereas Alabama and Clemson can score 60 points and play really good defense. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. It's really yeah, tough. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, I say all this also admitting I really not have not watched Michigan and Notre Dame this year mm-hmm. um, so if the you know it could be that i just am completely misinformed and and maybe this guy book for notre dame is like a total stud um i know michigan's defense is excellent but um i mean coaching wise you could argue that um giving harbaugh a shot at at saban could be an interesting matchup um yeah Giving a Harbaugh shot against any of those guys, I, I might give Michigan the edge just because of that. Because Harbaugh is, is really a top five coach in, in college football, probably. Um, I don't know, man. That's a that's a fun debate, though. Um, I'll throw this out there one more time, Parker. If UCF goes undefeated, hmm. and there are, and let's assume that Notre Dame and Michigan both lose one more time. Okay. What you got? Uh, did Georgia lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game? Yes. Although Michigan probably loses to Ohio State. Okay. So Ohio State's a one-loss team? Yeah. Yeah, I would still put in a two-loss Georgia team over UCF. And I think the committee – there's no way the committee is letting UCF in with that trash schedule, man. Like, it, it's just not happening. 
Yeah. Uh, I respect the fact that they will have won like 20, however many games in a row, eight games in a row, or 24 games in a row. But you cannot go to the playoffs just because you're undefeated. You know, like it, it takes a lot. Sure, it's huge. And they're scoring a lot of points, but that defense is garbage. And they haven't played anyone all season. So, yeah. But that does bring me to my bonus question, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't expect you to ask me if, if they would go to the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> uh, but my bonus question is, so whatever bowl game UCF gets, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. So they have – so as it sits right now, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan all go into the playoffs, okay? Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just keep it like that. Okay. Yeah. That's so fun. UCF – is going to a pretty good bowl game. Who does the playoff committee give them? Mm-hmm. It's right. going to be a two-loss Georgia team, a one-loss Oklahoma team, a two-loss LSU team, a one-loss Washington State team, uh, probably a one-loss West Virginia team, and a two-loss Ohio State team. Of I those think, teams, who do you I, get? Okay, Um I think the most fun game would be Washington State. Ooh, okay. Um, I think that if I were the committee, though, I would mm-hmm. give them Oklahoma or Georgia because you I think would... they've earned it. You think? I think UCF has earned it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they've earned it? I think that if they don't make the playoffs, I want them to lose so bad in the <laughs> if I'm the if I'm the playoff committee so i'm gonna give them the hardest opponent possible well they gave them auburn last year right yeah and auburn didn't really have anything to play for at that point so it's tough but like do any of these teams have anything to play for i mean maybe washington state would um i mean you know ohio state i they seem like they could absolutely lose to UCF. <laughs> to me, they seem <laughs> mentally weak. I think They're primed that, for it. Yeah, I, I think that Kirby Smart would not lose to UCF, and I think that neither would Lincoln Riley. Um, mm. And so if I were the playoff committee, I would want them to get absolutely thrashed in that game. Um, I, I'm with you, man. Who would you pick? I, I'd absolutely give them a Georgia and Oklahoma. I think I think that'd be a great matchup. Um I don't think it would make the most money, but, uh, like, not, like, obviously, if you paired, like, Georgia and Oklahoma or Georgia and Ohio State, I think that game would produce more money, but mm-hmm. I think I think UCF does need to get taken down a peg, and I think the committee is absolutely considering that and, yeah. and would. I mean, certainly it would be more fun to do, like, Washington State, Oklahoma, and... Um, and then like Georgia Ohio State, but and then like throw LSU to, to UCF. But I just think yeah. that would be like such a losable game for LSU. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. That I that, that I think that you're just causing more problems for yourself. And s- let's say UCF somehow beats Georgia or or um, uh, Oklahoma or Ohio State or whoever those those top three. Then, like, can you really, like, at that point, I think that it would be really hard to keep them out if they went undefeated again. Uh, oh, my gosh, yeah. There's no way you could, right? I Despite mean, they beat, the... Yeah, they've beaten the top 10 team two years in a row um, when they had the opportunity. No one will schedule them, and then they, 
you know, they would be losing their starting quarterback, so it would be very, very unlikely that they would go undefeated a third year in a row. I mean, that would be absurd. But if they were able to do that, I mean, yeah, there's no way you're keeping them out, I think. I agree. But uh, I know UCF fans won't be happy to hear that they need to beat two top ten teams and go undefeated three years in a row <laughs> to have a shot at making the playoffs. Um, man. It's a wild thing, but hey, play a good team. Sorry. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, buddy. That was fun. That was a fun time. That was good times. You ready for the coup de resistance here? Oh, yeah. All right. This is College Football Pick'em, the week of uh, November 10th. That's the Saturday. Um, and you're hearing these lines on Friday. Uh, so this is as close to game time as we get. These are the lines have been banged down to at this point. So um, let's start off with uh, mine and Nate's teams matching up in Gainesville. South Carolina heads to uh, the Swamp. They are six-point underdogs on the road this week. Um, USC is six-point underdogs? Six-point underdogs. Um, and the latest news is that, you know, so Florida lost terribly to Missouri last week. It was a really bad matchup for us. Drew Locke embarrassed us. <laughs> I think Drew Locke is good, uh, first of all. and uh, But it... You know, Felipe had probably his worst game, Felipe Franks, as uh, of this season. And that's saying something considering how bad he was against Georgia. Um, and so so uh, Kyle Trask came in, our backup, and looked really good, actually. And so people thought, even though Dan Mullen has been, like, weirdly saying that they graded out the same <laughs> in that game, um, he, you know... We thought Kyle Trask might get a shot. Then Kyle Trask breaks his foot in practice this week uh, and mm. is out for the rest of the season. So it's going to be Felipe. Um, and what this line says to me is that if it was neutral field, um, that Florida would be favored by a field goal. And if it was in South Carolina, it would be Pickham, basically. Um, mm. So... I don't know, man. I really don't like this matchup for the Gators. Bentley's not great, but he's not bad. They have two really good wide receivers, and we have yeah, only Brandon. really only one functional corner since Marco Wilson got hurt. Um, I know their running game isn't great, but uh, that was basically what Missouri was last week. They they were able to run the ball because they were able to throw the ball on us, and we were kind of on our heels. Grantham um, is super aggressive, but if you have a quarterback that can beat the blitz, then you can beat Florida's defense. So I don't know. I, I would probably I, – I tend to shy away from taking Florida here. Um Felipe is kind of mentally broken, I think. I, I would not bank on him recovering well from getting booed at home last week. Um, so I'm going to take South Carolina to at least cover, if not win outright, in the swamp. Give me Florida. Florida? What, what makes you say that? You know, I just like going against you. 
And <laughs> I like when I'm right and your team wins and you're wrong. Well, I would love that. It, it works well for me. That's why it's safe to pick against Florida. <laughs> um, no, I feel good about your defense. I think Polite is going to play well. And I think, uh, what, what's the other guy's name? Zanga? Zanga? Zuniga. Zuniga, thank you. Yeah. yeah, dude, that guy's a total freak. So Yeah, I feel you. If our defense plays well, we could win that game for sure. We got to run the ball, though. Uh, that's the trick. Got mm-hmm. Scary. Um, all right. Let's turn to Jesse's team. <laughs> UNCC, UNC Charlotte. They are only 14-point underdogs on the road <laughs> at, at wow. Marshall this week. Um, are you Marshall? Yeah. Wow, give me the thundering herd. Yeah, I'll take the thundering herd. <laughs> <laughs> I think we bet against UNCC every week. I think we're probably uh, doing pretty well on those, I would imagine, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, this one, really interesting, Parker. Um, So I'll just go ahead and tell you, Oklahoma State, 21-point underdogs on the road in um, Norman in uh, facing their rival, Oklahoma. But I want you to try and guess what the over-under line is for the total points scored in this game. 21's a lot. It's got to be 70, right? 80.5. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that is huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, so who do you like? Gosh, I think I like... Ooh. 21 is so many points. Yeah. Mm, I'm I'm going to take OK State. Yeah, me too. I, that's too many points, I think. 21's a lot. <laughs> what about the over-under? You think they collectively mm, beat eight golly yeah we'll we'll take we'll take the over on that one yeah me too man i think they're gonna get over yeah i'm thinking like 50 35 something like wow that. totally totally yeah. doable yeah um okay this one it was very surprising to me i'd like to preface it by saying um so i live at a campus ministry house i'm actually recording here tonight um and uh, at in Knoxville, the University of Tennessee, and nice. um, so we have people who rent out the parking lot for tailgate space, basically, and they have to have one resident hang out during the day downstairs in the common area, uh, so that the people who rent our tailgate spots can come in and use the bathroom. Um, so that'll be me. This is my one game this year so i'll be hanging out um and it's an interesting one to do that for i think because kentucky is coming to town and they are only favored parker by five and a half points at ut really which i thought was a really surprising line they they only barely squeaked by missouri two weeks ago and then lost pretty easily to georgia last week um but yeah, they, people think that UT is going to hang with Kentucky. And and I think that that's fair because Kentucky doesn't have, like, a huge margin for error. They're, they're not a team that scores a lot of points. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, man? Like, Kentucky, five and a half? Um, yeah, you said that well. Um, five and a half is not enough for me to give the edge to Tennessee, though. Tennessee beat Auburn, and that's really all they've got. So I'm taking Kentucky and the five and a half. Yeah. 
it would be bold to me. I think it's I think five and a half's like pretty good line because Tennessee did play South Carolina really hard last week. I mm-hmm. feel like the idea is that they're getting better throughout the season. They they have an SEC win, so it's not like they really need this one um, to like save their season. But I do think it would be a good win, and it's a winnable game for them. I'm gonna take Tennessee to win this game. Ooh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Love it. Yeah. Okay, Mississippi State at Bama. Oh gosh. Mississippi State twenty three and a half point on the road. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, Bama covered that against LSU, right? Didn't they? Yeah. Give, give me Bama. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna take Bama. It's not even too. close. Yeah, no, Bama. Bama might have might score thirty to zero on them. Dude, God Almighty. Yeah. Um, Michigan at Rutgers. I just want you to try and guess this line. <laughs> Michigan at Rutgers. Nine. Michigan by nine. How, how off was that? Michigan is favored on the road by 39 points against That's Rutgers. ridiculous. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, that kidding. is the dumbest bet I've ever heard. No, I'm, I'm taking Rutgers because Michigan can't score. Yeah, Michigan's not going to score 40 points against Rutgers. That's, That's ridiculous. <laughs> Rutgers is really bad. But... 39, though? Come yeah. on. No, like... Like, I don't know if I'd give Bama 39 in a game. Uh. <laughs> God, that is so stupid. Yeah, isn't that hilarious? Somebody's drunk yeah. in Vegas. Someone's drunk. Okay. Um, we're going to we're gonna eat our words, though, if Michigan scores 100 on yeah, Rutgers. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Auburn's headed to uh, the Hedges this week. Headed to Sanford Stadium. UGA's favored by 14 at home. Oh, wow. This line went... Uh, went up, huh? Yeah, well, I, that doesn't surprise me after the way Auburn's been playing. Uh, yeah. I'll take UGA in the points, I think. I, uh, that's a pretty good line. Yeah, this is a rivalry. But UGA's been handling business. Auburn's bad. And I think <laughs> getting worse. So, yeah, I'll take UGA as well here. And UGA mm-hmm. needs to win and win big to be in this conversation for the playoffs. Yeah, we do. Um, Texas at Texas Tech. I continue to to question these lines, and yet Texas has performed about as Vegas has expected. Texas only favored by one on the road. Really? Headed out to Lubbock. Yeah, so they are... Hmm. Um, it's basically a pick-em here. What, what is your thought on that, Parker? Uh, Texas has been pretty disappointing lately, but... Uh, if that freshman quarterback's back, I'm taking Texas. Okay. Tom Herman's a really good coach. Yeah, yeah, I like Texas too. Um, FSU at Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. anyone but FSU. <laughs> Notre Dame's on a 16 and a half point favorite. Yep, give me Notre Dame. FSU I'm is totally very surprised by that bed. line. Can you are are you not like very shocked by that line? Clemson was favored by 39 points over FSU, and they covered. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's what I'm so saying. bad. 
They they were Clemson was favored massively and covered. And then yeah, why beat, why isn't Notre Dame favored more? Yeah, and Clemson beat <laughs> Florida or beat Louisville by like seventy last week. Yeah, I mean I don't know how that <laughs> so like. Well, this is more of a Clemson. I guess that's more in, in Clemson's corner than FSU's. I'm not really sure what that means for FSU. I guess they were better than Louisville, <laughs> but um, but my I, my thought is like no, you know Notre Dame. If they're a top three team, you're if they're only going to beat FSU by 17, this broken yeah. FSU team that won't, like just like quits in the second quarter. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I would, How I, good does it feel that Willie Taggart is such a horrible coach? He's so bad, and yet his recruiting class is, like, <laughs> killing it. And I just have no explanation for that. Dude, his all. recruiting class is going to be better than Georgia's. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to kick Florida's right out of the water. Um, so, I, yeah. But they're I don't so know. bad. I know, and it's satisfying to make fun of them right now. Although my question is, like, so he's a stellar recruiter, but so is Jimbo. Willie came into, like, an absolutely loaded team. He's going to yeah. have, like, several guys go in the first round, despite how bad they are this year. And yeah, yeah, Brian Burns for sure. Yeah, so, like, I, you know, I, to me, I, I just don't know if that matters. Like, I'd rather have Mullen coach up, like, a lesser roster, I think, than Willie Taggart bring in guys that are just going to quit on him. You know? Yeah. Um, hmm. Anyway, point being, Notre Dame is going to destroy FSU, and if they don't, then they shouldn't be third best team in the league. Um, and finally, Clemson at Boston College—the trap game we were talking about earlier. Clemson favored by nineteen and a half on the road. Uh, night game up there in Boston against a, a good defense. Um, so yeah, what do you think, Parker? Man, I've been wrong every time I've picked against Clemson, so I'm picking Clemson. It's just so easy for them to score more than Ugh. more than twenty, <laughs> or more more twenty more than another team. I mean, yeah, man, it's just ridiculous. They're they're really good. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably. I would probably still pick Clemson in this game. Hmm. It's a tough one, though. I mean, it's certainly a game that could be close, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, Clemson to, to cover. All right, man. That was fun. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, brother. That was good times. Thanks for tuning into the Sport Fellow podcast. Hope you enjoyed a little good, smart sports talk uh, and some sports fellowship here. We're looking forward um, to more football as the season um, gets, gets more and more exciting. We're closing in to the end here, and man, it's the best time for sports. There's a basketball game or a hockey game every single night right now. It's it's more than I can handle, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, um, always good to chat with you and uh, be looking forward to next time. Tune in again soon for the Sports Fellow Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you. Bye. We out.